Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And today I've got a very special guest from India, Vai Jayanti Pugalia, and she's going to be talking to us about creativity in business. Hello. Hi there. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am doing absolutely fine and looking forward to have a wonderful chat here. As are we. And thank you so much uh, for sharing with our community. We're very excited to hear your story and to have you on board. And I hope I did pronounce your name correct in the end. <laughs> Perfect. Perfectly. It's like you are already attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am because you have such a great story and I can't wait to share it. So first to begin, tell us a little bit about about you and um, how you got into to entrepreneurship and the work that you're doing now, please. Um, well, um, nothing was planned. Um, you know, I just come from a family where probably my mother was uh, uh, too much into discipline and everything had to be very much on time. And, you know, cleanliness and hygiene uh, was the prime uh, step that was an everyday routine, you know. So it started to just take a you know a place in me right from a very young age in my life and as I grew older you know to be a perfectionist is something that just went into my blood you know and um, I would just want things to be right and to be done in a one particular way and um, so that's how that you know the creative side of me just started to come up and uh, um, you know and uh, being so involved in my house with uh, um, you know uh, when I used to have parties I used to uh, always take a very keen interest in uh, be a wonderful host and do up my table and uh, cook up wonderful cuisines and experiment with the unknown and that's how um, you know uh, one fine day um, my friends and family told me that why don't you just take it up professionally and just see how it goes and um, that is how um, Sonali's Kibo and the Table Tailor was born. Fantastic. And just to confirm, tell our audience where you are based, where in India you operate. Well, I am born uh, and brought up uh, in Kolkata, uh, uh, which is West Bengal in India, uh, the city of joy, as it is called, the land of Mother Teresa. And um, that is where um, I'm basically, I work uh, all my uh, interests from, yeah. Fantastic. And another thing you mentioned was that, and you said this in your interview as well, that you grew up in a very disciplined home. And you mentioned it right. just now that your mom was, I guess your mom was very disciplined. So you said things like cleanliness and hygiene. So do you think that that played a major role in, in, in you being an entrepreneur today? And how so? Yes, definitely, you know, because I uh, landed up into soft skill training, you know, in Sonali's Cubo, I run a different, uh, I run many different workshops, which basically is based on public speaking or, uh, uh, you know, uh, table deportment, soft skill training for children, women. So basically, it all started because it became like my passion, you know, something which was getting culminated in me since years, I wanted to see other children and other women benefiting from it you know so that played a very key role because 
i wanted to do something with which i can connect something where i can uh, you know uh, where i have my faith and my belief in mm. and um, i don't have to make that extra effort that uh, i am doing a startup you know and uh, i used to get amazed you know that people coming from such beautiful households having uh, such beautiful uh, lineup of education but somewhere they they you know they lack that finesse you know that mm. uh, and th- that you know that extra shine which yes. probably would make them stand out and okay. that's why you know i landed up uh, forming my uh, studio uh, sonali's cubo you know and where my first uh, forte is actually soft skill training okay and you said your friends encouraged you your family and friends so did it take a lot of encouragement or were you were you initially you initially agreed and you said okay i'm just going to jump into it how what was that transition like and were you doing something See, you else you know before? you are creative okay you know yes. you are creative but yes. you do look out for being sanctioned you know you you do want that appreciation coming your way you know and uh, when friends and family keep telling you you know that you're good at your work because you know i i i i love doing up the table and uh, putting in different themes and uh, you know uh, i always believe that presentation of food is uh, more important than actually the taste of it because i always believe that one tastes the food with uh, his or her eyes first and then uh, starts eating you know the presentation has to be beautiful only then will the food become likable Yeah. so uh, i used to do up my tables and everything used to be so perfect the linen used to be crisp uh, and sparkling and so that's when my friends and family when they used to you know because every time that they used to come to my house they used to see something different they used to see some creative side of me uh, a new you know again a fresh and they kept on telling me that you have that potential so why don't you just try and do it professionally and uh, give it out in the world and see and yes here i am and that's how um, the table tailor was born and uh, where i do up parties i go to households and uh, i do up the tables the desert tables etc you know uh, or baby showers etc and um, yes and i'm able to actually explore my creative side but isn't it a gift and a blessing that we can have family and friends who see something in, in us and encourage us and promote us because i mean sometimes Indeed. sometimes you you have a skill or you have a talent and maybe you don't have anyone around you to encourage you so it's really nice when someone can see that in you and say you know what you should do this you should go for it yes definitely because as i said that you know you you know you do need that validation coming from somewhere you know and when the people who are giving it to you are close to you who are genuine uh, people whom you trust um, then definitely the path becomes smoother so they encouraging me was like a big big step my husband my family uh, you know both my mothers my husband's mother as well as mine uh, you know and my other friends uh, in the community definitely i would say for any individual to get that validation before the start up really adds up to one's confidence that great great now let's talk about your businesses you have two businesses at the moment so that's right let's talk about your first business and then we can jump into the second one so sure. your first business has a very interesting name is it sonali scobu 
Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, it's pronounced as Sonali's Cubo. So Sonali oh. is my... <laughs> okay. So Sonali is my alias name. I have ah. another name. Yes. Sonali. And, um, okay. Yeah. And Cubo basically means a box, you know, a box. Okay. So uh, it's another name for a box, which is Cubo. Right. And... Uh, when I was looking up for a name uh, for my, uh, you know, my studio, I wanted to personalize it with my name. And um, that is where I thought, why not use my Elias name? And then Sonali Skiva was there. And uh, yes, uh, it's a podium where... Uh, most of my workshops are facilitated by me, uh, where I have as young as four-year-olds coming to as old as 75-year-old women uh, coming to me who... Um, get trained on soft skills and uh, culinary uh, art and uh, you know which involves global cuisine and uh, uh, spoken English uh, public speaking uh, many workshops based on maths and science and English and uh, yes basically a lot of um, lifestyle education based workshops are carried out here at the Cubo. So it's lifestyle based education workshops so there's a lot of etiquette uh, there's a lot of etiquette, yes. Okay. There's a lot of etiquette. Uh, there's a lot of creativity. Um, there is a lot of, uh, you know, uh, new um, uh, ventures, uh, which I put up in front of my students, you know, a lot, many forms of art. Uh, and, uh, you know, and the existing ones, like when it comes to uh, public speaking, or um, let's say spoken English, uh, when they come to me, uh, they come to me very raw. And uh, that is how at the Cubo I'm able to actually polish them and bring out more in them. Okay, so what kind of individual comes to the Cubo? So I have, uh, you know, mothers sending their children uh, who, you know, the mothers are very worried that the children uh, need uh, to be uh, in a proper disciplinary system from a very young age. And uh, they come up to me that I can train these children when it comes to uh, mannerisms and etiquettes. Uh, and then I have even etiquette-based workshop for women, you know, which are those finishing school kind of workshops right. where women come up to me and they learn all about the dining etiquettes and the table departments and like I have worked for beauty pageants and uh, many uh, schools and colleges and summer schools you know where um, women who are soon to get married or uh, women who are working uh, at the corporates they want to be um, you know, they want an extra edge above the others uh, who want to get a little polished and uh, who want to stand amongst the crowd. So, yes, my services go out to them and uh, they benefit uh, because uh, my um, connection with them just doesn't get just limited to that two hour or two days or five day workshop, you know, it's like a always um, lifetime connection and they always keep coming back to me, uh, you know, for help, for advice and so on. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned finishing school because I was going to ask, would you describe your, this business as a finishing school? They're coming to learn refinement and deportment and etiquette and things that I guess say in our parents' generation that we would have learned at school or at home that maybe our generation and the generation after us don't necessarily learn anymore. 
Yes, because you know the world is becoming very urban, and somewhere the traditional values, you know, are just uh, no more. And uh, uh, but you know the irony is that even today, uh, if uh, you see at the working personals in the corporates, or uh, you see a woman who is standing out amongst the crowd. You know, it's the discipline, the etiquette. You know, it's that extra attitude that that one person has makes that one person stand out. So yes, uh, um, it is actually a finishing school where um, my main stress goes out uh, to soft skills and uh, to table deportment and etiquette. Okay, and would you say there's a huge demand for this, um, not just in your in in your city in Kolkata, but generally in India? Definitely, there is. It's a growing up business, you know. That you have image consultants and you have soft skill trainers. Actually, the word finishing school has many, many facets, right. and. Um, you know, so you you find different pockets. You know, so there are people who specialize in image consultancy. So their job probably would be about the image makeover. You know, their their dress, their look, the attributes. Um, then there is a soft skill trainers who are more into your disciplinary uh, part of your um, life. You know, uh, your walk, your talk, etc. And um, then again, you have the corporate world where you have business grooming, ethics, uh, you know, uh, corporate uh, etiquettes, etc. So it is actually a very wide business with many pockets. You can specialize in all or choose your one focus, but right. it is actually a very, very growing business in India. Yes, because I know um, when I was studying in, in university, I met quite a few girls who had went to finish in school in places like Switzerland. So I yeah. always knew this concept of, you know, um, mothers in particular sending their daughters off to finishing school was very popular. But um, yeah. I, think, I think it's transformed. Uh, like you said, there's, there's different aspects to it now, whether it's just your image or your brand. Whereas I think before it was more, it was more based on just etiquette, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, probably, you know, uh, in order to do a complete finishing school, you require uh, uh, one month or more, you know, so if there are different pockets and you can make it a little simplified, uh, you know, for the clients, then it is uh, very easy for them to imbibe on, you know, like a two-day workshop or a three-day workshop, breaking the module into different pockets makes it easier for the students also to come up to me and uh, take the courses. Okay, and give us a little idea about your workshops. So you said some are two days, some are three days, and you mentioned that you also cover math and science. So you integrate some technical skills with the soft skills as well. Yes, that's right. Because, um, you know, I like experimenting. And because the creative side of me, uh, you know, I, I reach a plateau that, okay, I've had enough of this now. I need to do something different. And uh, the creativity inside me, you know, just makes me explore so many dimensions. And yes, that's the reason I, um, you know, just deviate from the soft skill and try my hand at science and math and English-based workshops. So, you know, like... 
I have something like the little Arya Bhats, you know, where uh, children come up to me and uh, they learn how to play different games all based on math skills. And they enjoy because they are learning how to, uh, you know, make and learn playing new games. But at the same time, they're also enhancing the math skills. So unknowingly, they are actually, um, you know, polishing their maths as well. So, yes, um, actually uh, at my Cubo, I try and uh, have a variety of workshops so that... um, there is something for everyone and for every age group, you know, and even that keeps me on my toes because it doesn't let me get bored myself. Of course, of course. And talking about creativity, because that's what we want to focus on. How has your, how has this business, this, your first business, um, we'll get to the other one afterwards. How have you been able to channel all of your creativity into this business and into this work that you're doing? Because I'm sure it's very, it sounds like there's a lot of creativity involved. Well, yes, but um, it's not like I had to make that extra effort, you know, because um, it is my passion. I I am actually a singer. I am uh, Indian vocal uh, uh, certified singer, you know. You know, from the Chandigarh University. Okay. So music has always been with me since my early childhood. And um, uh, whatever I've been doing today, be it uh, the creative side where I am teaching or I am uh, personalizing stuff or um, I'm doing my decorations, it's all has been with me since, um, you know, I actually was able to understand creativity. So I actually don't have to make that um, extra effort. But I think every creative person just needs to always, um, you know, uh, always have the juices running because somewhere the plateau comes in where, uh, you know, uh, you just think, okay, I just cannot give any more to this particular topic. And you should try and move to something more, learn to grow, uh, you know, learn to observe, because it is very important for a creative person to stay alive, you know. Absolutely. And actually creative people get bored very easily also, you know. Oh, yes, most definitely, most definitely. And something that you mentioned in your your interview, you said that um, uh, I think it was knowledge is power. You mentioned that knowledge yes. is power, and you said that learning, yes. learning is a is a big is a big part of um of, of who you are and what you do. So um and that's how you kind of keep your creative personality and keep your creative juices uh, flowing. So do you yes. think that? Like I'll give you an example. You know, like I've been um, doing soft skill training and uh, the different lifestyle education as workshops since a very long time. But then lately, maybe a year back or so, I started to feel that little deviation from work. Uh, It did not interest me, though it has been my passion throughout my life. uh, Whenever I I plan a workshop or I enter into the room, um, I don't think it's like, you know, a workshop, you know, it just takes over me and I forget the world outside the room. But somehow... um, I was just deviating and uh, that's uh, I that's when I joined theater you know and I, I landed up doing this one year certified uh, theater workshop uh, mm. with this eminent uh, theater group here in my city and we just had a first stage uh, performance you know and this experience you know made me realize that there is no age bar uh, even at this age where I'm 42 I got open to theater right. and it 
it was actually very powerful you know it just got me back on my you know on my strike you know because um, that somewhere where the flame was just diminishing that knowledge which i was acquiring through theater it was really helping me hence i wrote in my interview you know that knowledge indeed is power right and so do you believe that this this um what you've taken in theater the course the workshop that you took in theater has added value to the cube Yes, definitely. You know, because you just don't learn the, you know, the uh, the ethics of theatre, which is, you know, the technicalities of theatre as to your voice diction or your actions, etc. It is much more. It's like team building. It's it's like how um, my guru has handled me in this past one year, you know, and has imbibed so many beautiful qualities in me, which is listening and uh, doing that one thing again and again. and again you know to get that perfect uh, uh you know um, show and uh, indeed uh, you know i think any one um, creative aspect that one takes one should give 100% and just surrender to it and at least complete it it's very important to complete what you started absolutely that's really really good advice that's very good advice okay so now let's move over to the second business so tell us a little bit about the table tailor the stitching <laughs> i love i love um on your facebook page which at the end um you you please tell everyone where they can find all of your information but i love how Definitely. on your facebook page you say new stitch <laughs> i think that's so that's again very creative that's very clever Yes because you know um everything nowadays um is uh, very um you know it's very valued and the customers that i have in my table tailor they come from very different financial backgrounds mm-hmm. uh, but yet they aim to have the best so when i came up with the idea of table tailor which was again born out of the box it was not something which was planned as i told you i just love doing up the table and decorating different themes and uh, you know um uh, you know the different mindsets on the table what kind of cuisine is going to be served what time of the day is it what the linen should be what the color combination of my crockery should be so all this was always there inside me and um you know and when uh, you know the indians have their very famous festival as diwali yes so yes. when yes festival so when the diwali lights, right festival of the lights exactly Yeah, perfect. So yeah. when Diwali came around, um, a lot of my friends started to tell me that a lot of people in the city look out for a beautiful table decors. And you have such a beautiful art at your hand. Why don't you explore it? And mm-hmm. that's when I said okay, and they just spread the word. I so again, it was your friends. Your friends came into play again. You have very good yes, friends. Yes, <laughs> I actually did nothing, you know, because I told them, you know what? Are you crazy? I didn't not even have my a uh, visiting card or you know a queue card about uh, you know which says that this particular thing is done up by uh, this particular person i didn't even have a name to give my body of work you know it all just happened overnight they just called me and told me that tomorrow uh, you have to go to this place and you have to do the decor and it is uh, based on a bengali theme decor and it's for a diwali party and the theme is bengali and i was like okay and um <laughs> i landed up and overnight i thought of the name the table tailor 
and whenever I could get on the internet, I just made a logo, which just still stays with me because it's my baby. It's been my first baby of mm. the logo. So I still stuck to it. I did not go professionally to change it or anything. Right. And okay. uh, yeah, and that's how, uh, you know, just uh, overnight the table tailor was born. And the next evening, um, I was there at this person's residence doing up her table. And uh, it indeed just came out beautiful. And that's where uh, my journey of the table tailor started. And when I say I stitch up, uh, I actually mean it because, you know, when... People come up to me for the personalized gifting, like it's a 25th anniversary or a 60th birthday. They come up to me with a lot of hope. Yeah. Uh, they come up to me with a lot of um, happiness that uh, which they want to share with their friends and family for whom the gift is. So it's like I'm stitching their happiness, you know, and uh, I stitch it according to their budget. Uh, so that's the reason I always mention on my Facebook page that I'm stitching a bouquet or am I, am I stitching a gift because it's actually stitching. It's made from the core. Right, right. So, so tell us now more about Table Tailor specifically. What is your service? What do you offer? And, and how do you go about doing it? Uh, well, um, it's just uh, people come up to me. I basically specialize in bouquets. Mm. And I always believe that the flower bouquets, which are uh, the usual thing in the market, they actually decay away after a two-day or a three-day. But I do these theme-based bouquets, which one can keep as long as, you know, they can keep it all right. And um, uh, I do a lot of theme-based bouquets and personalized gifting. And uh, then I do bigger stuff like baby showers and anniversary parties or bachelorettes, etc. And uh, where I go up to their houses or the banquets to do up the parties. And uh, yes, uh, that is just uh, about the table tailor. Wow. Okay. And most of your clients, how do you find them? Where do your clients come from? Are some of them coming from the Cuba or are they a completely different set of, um, from a different, completely different market or are they connected? Well, I think these days um, um, in India, Facebook actually plays a very important role when it comes to marketing. Mm. So definitely to have a Facebook page or, you know, to share your, uh, your line of work on the Facebook actually gets me a lot many clients. And definitely, I think the main, uh, uh, you know, uh, the road uh, to one success, I think in any field uh, is the word of mouth, you know, and. Uh, uh, I think maximum of the clients or students who come to my cubo or clients at my table tailor who come to me are through word of mouth and um, this is what I actually relish because if they come to me through word of mouth it's like they're coming to me through hands of experience you know who've already come to my workshop or have taken my services of my table tailor so it's indeed a very a pleasurable uh, thing you know to uh, work for them then you know because they're coming for through word of mouth but yes um, I mainly advertise on the Facebook so most of my clients who approach me are through Facebook and the word of mouth yeah okay and so you've got these two businesses that you're managing now 
is it difficult? Right. Do you find it difficult? Is it challenging? Um, it is. It is very challenging. It is because you know I don't have outside facilitators who take workshops at my Cubo, mm. unless I want someone particular to come from a different city or someone who has some particular genre which I don't have, and I would want uh, my network to experience that. Otherwise, most of my workshops are taken by myself, and it sometimes happens that you know. Um, I am loaded with work and orders from the table tailor because everything in the table tailor I do it from my own hands. I don't. Uh, I have helpers, but uh, the the main uh, job is done by me. You know, probably I have helpers who just add the finesse touch, etc., or who just get me the raw materials and stuff like that. But the entire execution is done by me. So sometimes it happens that. I'm working late, or I'm just so blocked because I'm trying to handle both, you know, Sonali's mm. uh, boy and table tailor. And sometimes I think that I should stop one, but I'm not able to do that because both of it are facets of my creativity, and right. to leave one gets very difficult. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So, what what is the future for both of these companies? Where would you Where would you like to see them in the next, say, five years? Well, when it comes to Sonali Skibo, I actually uh, want to grow further and uh, probably uh, reach out uh, to more corporates uh, mm -hmm. through my uh, soft skill training. And uh, because uh, I actually um, actually want the workshops to grow alongside with me, uh, so definitely um, I want it uh, to be better each day. Uh, with the table tailor, you know, how much of a time at the present moment I'm able to give into it. I guess I'm just happy, you know, because uh, I because um, I don't lend out my work to someone and I'm the one here executing both. I know that I have to compromise somewhere, you know, um, on one arena. So I... I keep my table tailor uh, in a certain, uh, you know, platform. Uh, but yes, with the Sonali's Kimo, I really want to grow now more into the corporates. And how do you balance? Because they're sort of like your two babies. So how do you make sure that you're not giving too much attention to one over the other? Oh, I think... Um, uh, I guess it just happens, you know. Um, yeah. It works it's not like out. I. It works itself out <laughs> in the end, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it just happens, you know. It's it's not as I told you, nothing is planned by me. It's like um, uh, I I never say no to work, you know. I never say no to any workshops or any clients walking up to me for any of my two services which I give. I never say a no because um, I always believe that. Um, Work is God, and uh, and mm. if I've chosen to be a professional, just because I'm tied up and I'm tired, I cannot let that uh, let that uh, sensation tell me a no, you know. So uh, I keep that uh, power, and I I tell myself no. I chose this, and there's no turning back now. It's just moving ahead, and I have to manage. That's it. And then you know I have an amazing support system, which is my family. Family, you know, my husband, my children, my mother. So, without their support, and more than them, my my domestic helpers, you know. Right. So, with, yes. with this team behind me, I don't think I can do anything. 
Right, right. Now the topic of our of the of your podcast is Am I too creative? Now <laughs> creativity plays a big role in um in entrepreneurship. So do you believe there's such a thing as an entrepreneur being too creative? Um, I don't know what uh, too creative uh, would mean, but yes. yes, to keep that uh, creative uh, thing going is actually very, very uh, difficult. Uh, as I told you, there's nothing called too creative, but the demand mm. to be creative is always there. The yeah. demand to be always delivering uh, uh, better than the last is always there. So definitely there is always a pressure. Um, so it's never too creative, you know. It's mm. like you're never too creative for the person in front of you, you know. It's right. just like that. Yeah. Right. But yes, uh, for an entrepreneur to be creative is very important. I don't know about being too creative, but yes, to be creative is very important. Okay. I say too creative because sometimes when you're creative people you've got got so much creative juices like you mentioned earlier you said sometimes I wonder if I if I should leave one of these businesses behind so I guess am I too creative in the sense that I've got all of this creative energy and all of this creative intelligence inside of me that I don't know how to control it I don't know how to channel it I don't know how to use it effectively in my business and perhaps that can sometimes be a detriment see what I'm see where I'm coming from Yes, you know, it does yeah. happen, you know, because sometimes I do feel that I'm not able to tap on to my entire creative side, you know, sometimes I do feel that uh, being an entrepreneur uh, and having the creativity inside me, my 100% has yet not come out. So mm. I do feel sometimes that my outcome, my output, which I'm giving and the result that it is earning is um, probably not as much uh, mm. because, you know, um, sometimes you just don't have the channel. Sometimes you don't know the channel. Sometimes, um, you know, the realization comes pretty late. Mm. Uh, sometimes you're too lethargic. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. you know, everything adds up to it. That's the reason, as I told you, uh, that uh, when I see Sonali's Kibo five years from now, I, mm. I see it more corporate. I, I see it uh, uh, reaching out of my city to different cities, you know. So for that, um, I keep telling myself now that I actually need to tap on to more creative side of me and bring out which has uh, still been inside me since a very long time. Mm, okay. And do you think creativity is something that can be learned? Do you think it can be taught? Or do you think hmm, it's in there? Not? Do you think everyone has it and it just has to, you just have to find a way to, to bring it out? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yes, you know, because sometimes the creativity is there inside a person and that person actually doesn't know it probably because appreciations are not coming his or her way. Um, mm. Sometimes it happens that the creativity is there, but that, that means is not there to actually, uh, you know, exhibit it. The chance is not available to him or her because that uh, podium is not there in front of him or her. So there can be many reasons, you know, but yes, I do believe that Creativity can be stirred. At least I try and do that at my cubo, you know, where women come up to me to learn culinary skills. Uh, women who have never touched cooking before, mm. but uh, 
here they are uh, cooking up uh, extravagant meals for the family and not the simple indian meals i'm talking about global cuisine so right. and then they tell me that i did not know that i have that side inside me mm. i have never cooked but here i am you know entertaining a group of 15 in my house so definitely i believe that creativity can be stirred can definitely be stirred with with the right yes. with the right guidance and under the right uh, yes uh, and so this podcast is geared towards um, women who are in the pre-startup and startup phase of their business. So they've either got an right. idea or they've just launched it. So for our um, audience, those listening, what advice do you have for them who are, say, very creative and they want to start something up or maybe they're interested in starting something very similar to yours? What advice would you give to them? General I would advice. just say- Yes, I, I would just say the like, if you ask me, my the way my journey has been is that if you have something which is creative, if you have something which you believe you can place in a plate for the outside world, take that step, you know, take that step. Um, if that involves uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, have a money wall behind it, try and limit it uh, where you know you know that you're not tapping on too many resources but with minimal resource even if you can do um, one step uh, uh, momentarily uh, it is good because it is very important to be out and at least be exposed to that creativity because unless and until you don't do it you don't know how far you can be you cannot be the judge right from the beginning and uh, say that maybe it will not work out, you know. So for any woman who wants to start and do something, it is very, very important to first have that belief, that faith, that positive attitude, and at least take that one step. And then let's see how it goes from there. So they need to believe in themselves. They need to believe in their idea. And then they need to just do it. They need to take the step. And then, and yes, then just, and just go with I, it. And I don't think they need, to, they need to actually concentrate on the results because believe me, the results take a lot of time to come, you know, because uh, to get accepted in any field, it takes a lot of time. So if one person even takes that step and expects an immediate response uh, of acceptance, uh, it is actually very stupid, you know. You should give yourself at least six months in that one particular your startup that you're doing and then start valuing what you have to do next but at least take that step and be there consistent for six months right do you believe that's a major um hurdle that a lot of entrepreneurs face when they're first starting out in that they assume that everything's going to be quick that success is going to come very quickly and that they can start now and achieve success in in say one year do you find that a lot with yes, because at the end of the day, you know, the way the human mind goes, you know, most of us are more concentrated on the result than, uh, you know, the work towards it, you know, and uh, when the yields don't come in, you know, they get disheartened and somewhere the motivation, the aspiration starts to break up and that actually starts culminating into, um, you know, something which doesn't work out very positive. And I think this is where 
where most of the women entrepreneurs or any entrepreneur uh, makes uh, you know a, a wrong calculation is that uh, uh, they expect results pretty soon you know and mm. uh, this is something which never happened with me because uh, uh, i took up my passion as my work you know i mm. i just i just kind of made my passion professional so i waited you know i waited to be recognized but mm. i kept doing even if i was getting 0.1% uh, result i was happy and i was at least telling myself at least it is not zero you know so you have to stick on you have to go on and uh, you have to just forget about the results for a pretty long time yeah and you know what you said is um is so key you 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 took your time so how long tell us how long have you been building both of these businesses well for me luckily um i did not have uh, to uh, yes uh, you know to in order to show myself up actually i did not need to make much of an effort probably because when i entered uh, professionally for sonali's kibo for my soft skill training or uh, for the kind of niche work that i do with my table tailor it was one of its kind you know uh, nobody else around was uh, doing something uh, uh, to the creative level which i was doing maybe the creativity which they had was different but probably what i was offering was also very well marked uh, by my customers and my students but yes uh, later on once i was able to stand out what became challenging was to maintain that position you know to maintain mm. uh, you know that that say that yes if you go to vejanti pugalia you will mm. get something different you know she would know how to handle children beautifully or she would mm. make a wonderful tailor make workshop or she would create something beautiful on the table tailor so to to match up to that credential was something which actually became more challenging for me you know yeah and this is something you discussed in your in your um blog post on our website where you were asked how do you maintain your competitive advantage and you said that by making yourself different so you you put a personalized touch on everything that you do with your clients and you try to make things available so that's how you go about doing that to make sure that you stand out but i'm sure it's very difficult because there must be competition lots of it yes but you know what happens is you know everything is very commercial around so people are more concentrated uh, you know to just make bucks at the end of the day yes. uh, they don't much concentrate on uh, what they are delivering but what they are getting in return is uh, you know the more that people are into these days so that personalized touch goes missing with them you know there are institutions or people who just hire uh, different heads and they do the works for them so yes. somewhere the you know that one to one connection with the client or to the particular topic just gets lost somewhere with me what happens is i keep everything in my hands you know mm. i do everything with my own hands so i know that it is very difficult and in the longer run if i want to grow bigger i would need uh, to have more hands working with me but uh, yes if i need to do that in the future as well also i would want those hands to be replicas of me you know and not just be there as uh, you know uh, this the second step so the only reason why 
I have that advantage just because I make that direct connect with my uh, students or my customers and I, I maintain, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It has been such a pleasure to have you on our podcast and what I'd like oh to know from, thank you so much. What I'd like to know from you is are there any any closing words or anything that you'd like to um to share with our audience before before leaving us? Well, I would just say uh, that dream and then try and make your dream into visions and uh, don't stop. And if uh, my talk has inspired you anywhere and you would want to see uh, how I made my journey, um, you know, through this time, you can visit my group on the Facebook by the name of Sonali's Cubo or visit my page and like my page, The Table Tailor on the Facebook. And maybe um, even if I can um, inspire one of the listeners here, I'm really happy that I actually did that this podcast and this interview. Thank you so much. Great. So now our audience knows where to find you and how to contact you and to get more information about all the work that you do. And we'd like to thank you so much again for being on our podcast this morning. It was really great thank to talk you. to you and learn more about you and your work and creativity and of course as you know our podcast is geared towards women in the pre-startup and startup phase of their businesses and we aim to empower inspire and encourage and support women who are just starting out in their businesses so we hope that something that you said and i'm sure so much of what you said um, today inspired one of our listeners and hopefully they'll go out there and start their business. So thank you so much, Vijaya. Thank you. Thank and you, Joanna. It was we, lovely talking to you. Yes, and we wish you all the best with your business. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely, lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.